0: welcome to this week's edition of the dan rayburn podcast the show that curates the streaming media industry news that matters most unvarnished unscripted and providing you with the factual data you need to know without any of the hype the pulse of the streaming media industry Welcome to the Dan Rayburn Podcast. I am Dan Rayburn along with co-host Mark Donigan. Mark, hi, how are you? We're recording a little early this week. A little early, but yes, I'm doing well. Uh, good to be on the mic again with you, Good. A lot, lot of news this week. So for those listening, we're recording this. Usually Mark and I record at the end of every week, Friday at 4.30 Eastern. The markets are closed. So we can cover all the news. We're actually recording a day early today and Thursday, January 12th. So if any news drops on Friday, January thirteenth, that's why we're not covering it uh, right now. But we got plenty of other news to to cover, and let's start off with uh, one thing that we all never like: price increases. <laughs> More price increases. So, a couple ones uh, effective today, uh, the price of a new HBO Max ad free plan has gone up uh, by a dollar, from fifteen dollars to sixteen dollars, uh, plus taxes, of course. Now. Keep in mind, this is just ad-free only. Uh, anyone who's a current subscriber, your rates are going to go up on or after February 11th, so it's it's truly effective immediately. There's no grace period there. Uh, this is the first time that HBO Max has increased the price of their monthly subscriptions since they launched in May of 2022, they say in the release. So interesting to see what the, what the uptick might be here, uh, just as far as... Uh, Ad free plans. We haven't heard too much, actually, Mark. We haven't really heard anything from Warner Bros. Discovery specific to HBO Max in at least two quarters. Yeah, it's true. I, I was thinking about that. They the haven't other put day. out specific numbers just yeah. on HBO Max anymore. It's now total D to C, direct to consumer. So we'll see if we get anything from Warner Bros. Discovery in the next next earnings call. And we do have a lot of earnings calls coming up. Uh, Netflix is a week from from today on the twelfth. So. That's going to be interesting if we get anything That's from them on their exciting. AVOD side. Well, we may yeah. not. It's a little early, right? So we'll see. Uh, so that was HBO Max, ad-free only. A couple of days ago, FUBU TV came out, and they're raising pricing $5 for new ne- new members. It's a little con- little confusing here because they have a lot of packages, but their pro plan is now going to be $75, up from wow. 70 Their elite plan is 85 up from 80 And their ultimate plan is now $100 hundred dollars. That's amazing. Which has been pretty which is pretty crazy. Now they used to have a premier plan. Um oh wait, I'm sorry. Let me let me go back to the ultimate plan. The ultimate plan is now discontinued. And they now have a premier plan at ninety five dollars, but it doesn't include sports plus Hmm. which is why it used to be a little bit more. Uh, Also the FUBU CEO said at a city investor conference recently quote we do a lot of testing around our different packages. Man, that's for sure. <laughs> they are constantly rolling out different packaging and bundling and free for a few days, no days. Now, in addition to this, this is where it gets really ugly. They've also added regional sports fees on plans. Subscribers will now pay anywhere between 11 to $14 more a month if you have one or more regional sports channels in your area. Wow yeah wow is right this is just (laughs) getting unsustainable that's the word we should be using exactly yeah tv is losing too much money i get that they're raising prices to try to get the free cash flow like everybody else positive cash flow but they are not going to get there because they're not going to get enough subscribers paying 85 dollars to well actually if you add in the lowest plan is 85, but let's say regional sports on that. The lowest plan is now $96. Mm. Too much.
1: But wait, so, Dan, I thought uh-oh. we were supposed to be in, in, in a streaming war and prices were just, uh, there was going to be discounts and. Isn't there was the for a lot of years.
0: <laughs> we had some discounted pricing for a long time there. The prices are coming back. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore with that. Boy. You know, I looked again at my Verizon bill the other day, Mark, just to prep for this podcast, my triple play bundle with Verizon. I get local sports, right? Regional sports. I get SNY, I get MSG. So here in New York, Mets. Yankees, I don't know what Rangers are on. I don't watch hockey, but probably around the same stuff. Yeah. And with the taxes and fees, I'm paying about $78 for the Mm. TV portion of my triple play bundle. Mm. So it's cheaper to get cable TV if you have a bundle compared to FUBU TV. Like, I just, I don't understand why you would do it. Yeah. So that value proposition that these streaming services, live linear services used to have, was always about one thing and one thing only which was cheaper yeah and maybe maybe two contracts like you don't have to have a contract but sure sure most bundles now you don't have to have a contract for with with isps anyway yeah but that one value proposition is just it's gone yeah so i don't i don't know how well fubo tv is going to do going forward they're just they're losing so much money so we'll keep an eye on them another price increase this was reported in December, uh, but it's this month that it's going up. So, why I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it, but TV Stream, yes. their prices are going up either five or ten dollars, depending on the package. So, their lowest pricing now, their lowest tier is now $75 a month. Wow. Uh, and let's see, their mid choice plan is going from $90 to $100 a month
1: mm-hmm.
0: for new and existing subscribers. So, 10%. Boost on the on the choice plan. I also thought the press release was was kind of interesting because uh, the reason said they were raising rates was because they were adding quote product enhancements and new features. Mm-hmm. So every single time you see this, you know, Directv is just one example where these companies come out and they say they're raising pricing. One we hear because of content licensing costs. Okay, we know that, but they sure. also always talk about product and features. And then whenever I ask them what those are. Oh, we don't really list those out.
1: We don't list those, yeah. Right? So what and you we can't find getting? them anywhere. No, <laughs> like, of course not. Nothing changed.
0: Nothing but there. it's better. <laughs> so uh, one thing I'd love to know, which, of course, DirecTV won't tell us, is how many subscribers do they really have for their stream product? Won't tell yeah. us. Uh, and also, just a little context here. In 2016, when DirecTV Stream launched, Mark, how much did it cost? Oh, wait, like, you have the notes. Bucks, I was going right? <laughs> to say, Dan, you got the notes. Yeah, it's $35. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So it's going from thirty-five dollars, doubled. No, no, no. Their choice plan is now a hundred bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their lowest plan is seventy-five, but it's missing a lot of channels. Yeah. So thirty-five to a hundred dollars. It's incredible. Uh, another pricing thing here. Now I had never seen this before, but CuriosityStream was offering one of their HD plans through a third-party website on a, quote, lifetime subscription option for $145. I don't know, Mark, if you've ever seen a streaming service uh, offer a lifetime plan. I'd never seen that. Yeah, I don't know what the economic modeling is behind that because, wow. Um, you know, I'm wondering if, if here's the way I think about it. It's a great question. That's what I thought, too. I forget what curiosity stream charges. I think it's six, seven dollars a month, right? It's, it's more. I think so. It's, it's pretty economical. Yeah. So let's just say that they're seeing an average amount of people churn off after a certain period of time. Yeah. That they figure, okay, we're losing some money there. So why don't we just offer a lifetime subscription? Because what if people use the service for a while and then they don't continue to use it? It doesn't cost us anything. Yeah. They're not consuming any content. They're not creating any, you know, support tickets. So I wonder if it's just, you know, net positive to their business, or at least just, you know, um, I wouldn't call it neutral. It's just it doesn't impact it either way. Well, they also pull all that cash forward, you know, so uh
1: but boy, uh how how large is the addressable market for curiosity stream? And and in full disclosure, I've never seen even one yeah, I haven't watched any of their content, so you know.
0: But I haven't I, a long I, I time. Just either. Wonder.
1: Yeah, I mean, I their, their, their
0: pricing was really, really low. Oh, no. So, Mark, let's go through the pricing because we got this totally wrong. I didn't realize they were still this cheap. Wow. So uh, their pricing is still. Okay. Standard HD is $20 a year.
1: Mm.
0: Now, if you want to go to 4K, it's all of a sudden $70 a year. <laughs> If you go to monthly pricing, the pricing I give out is if you just build annually. If you go to my monthly pricing, HD is $3 a month. Oh, yeah, here we go. And the premium yeah. 4K is $10 a month. Yeah. So what they're saying is they're giving a an HD account lifetime, which right now is $20 annually. And if they're mm. basically selling that for $145, I can see why they're doing that because that's six years. Yeah worth of a subscription right now. Interesting. Okay. Well now it makes more sense. Yeah. Interesting. But I I in the LinkedIn post I called out Curiosity Stream by name and asked, hey, can you just also confirm that this is a legitimate deal? Because from a third party site, the site certainly looked legitimate. They sell a lot of subscriptions to other things. Yeah. It wasn't a book like site, but no one from Curiosity Stream reached out. They didn't reply to my email. So boo on you guys. Um you should definitely, you know, let us know. Just what the deal? Yeah, is I saw
1: this. your question because you know that's that's also went through my head. You know, like is this legit? <laughs> you know, it's just it sure looks like one it, of those. But yeah, it'd be
0: nice if they clarified that, but got no that's right. got no feedback. Okay, all so, all right. so we're we're assuming
1: right now it's legit, yeah, yeah. but of
0: course we take no uh, responsibility if it turns out not to be. No, yeah, and I put up <laughs> in the LinkedIn post. I don't know if this is legit. I think it is. <laughs> yeah. Everything looks good. Which is heads up. That's right. Uh, let's go on to Samsung TV plus the free ad supported TV and on-demand service on Samsung yeah. TVs. They announced that CES now have over 1800 channels globally of which 200 plus are in the U S. So Mark, after seeing that, I thought, man, that's a lot of fast channels across all yeah. these different services. So I threw up, you probably saw it in LinkedIn, a quick thing. It's just a question. How many fast channels are too much? You know, at what point do you think customers get overwhelmed as they do with linear TV. What we always heard about linear TV is, well, consumers have too many channels they don't watch and too much choice. It's confusing yeah. them. Yeah. Well, aren't we now confusing them aren't with 200-plus fast channels? <laughs> yeah. So I asked, should the fast user experience really be about depth and breadth of content, or should it be the quality of the content? Mm-hmm. So that's all I put. I asked people to share their thoughts in the comments. Mark, that was less than a week ago. It's got 97,000 views on LinkedIn. Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, "Uh, okay, is this right? Sure <laughs> enough. Then when I went and looked at the comments, I think there's now 70 comments already on it. Wow. So clearly it struck a nerve, which is yeah. a good thing. Let's start talking in the industry of what people think makes sense for fast because there's so much talk about fast. Uh, 59 comments as of as of now. So, um, if you wanna you wanna debate this with us, man, jump on my LinkedIn profile. Jump go in. <laughs> go find that one uh, on fast. Just search on on the word fast. Um, but interesting to see people's comments on that. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read some out here. Just sort of give some flavor what people are thinking. Um, so a couple of people right off the bat were saying, let's see some statistics on what is happening on all these channels. So, are there actually ads being placed on 200 plus channels or is, are most of the ads being placed on the channels where most of the viewership is coming from? It's a great question. Of course, we're never going to get that answer. That's not going to happen. You had more than a few people that were saying, if you just use machine learning and AI and you really customize an experience and you showcase the channels that you know they want, you know, that would be a good thing. I, I don't disagree, but I, I think that by itself is not enough. Right. Yeah. Um, others really were saying this is all about depth and breadth of content, uh, especially because, you know, it's a zero dollar entry point. So having as much content and diversity as, as possible is a good thing. Uh, again, but you know, what this comes down to is the topic of, uh, discoverability and monetization. Search and discovery. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's,
1: it's the same problem it 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 doesn't matter if you have premium if you have 200 really all very high quality channels or if you have 200 you know niche channels or whatever it it, if i'm spending more time looking searching trying to discover and then if by the time i select something i'm not satisfied after i spent all that time there's now other um entertainment options And, and that continues to be you know it is so fascinating that 10 11 years ago uh you know there was a lot of promise of innovation and there was innovation around search and discovery and there were some startups that came out and some of them got acquired and and they and they really did advance um, the ability to you know find content so there was value there but it's so fascinating to me that even with all of that progress we're still into the exact, at the end of the day, the same issue today. Yes,
0: we're, we're questioning the same thing. It's just, I, you know. I also think, you know, fast has to be thought about differently because I think far too many people are saying, well, who cares? It's low risk for content owners. It's free. And, I, and you and I both know, <laughs> but, well, it's not exactly low risk. The cost to keep a fast channel going, yes. ingestion, transcoding, media management, protection, yeah. playback, yeah. that's
1: not cheap. No, it's not. And, and at the end of the day, like, okay, great. I can put up all these channels. If nobody is watching it, there's no ad impression. That means there's no CPM. You know, at the end of the day, like, no, you're not making money. So this whole notion of we sort of have unlimited demand for free content. It, it's just, I, I don't know why people are subscribing to
0: that. Well, it's because uh, they seem to be, uh, maybe they're yes. not, but. Yeah, I think it depends who in the industry is talking about it. This idea that they're saying, listen, this is just mothballed content that wasn't being monetized anyway, so anything you make on CPMs is gravy. That sounds great on paper, but when you're actually doing P&L, you know, Mark, I hear that from a lot of these fast companies off the record, that their cost just to put a channel online from an ingestion transcoding standpoint only, just ingestion transcoding is about $1,200 a month in every channel. Yep. That doesn't yeah. take into playback, content protect, open wrapping, right? All the sure. other stuff, right? So sure. if you're looking at, let's just say Samsung at 200 channels, and you're talking about just your transcoding and ingestion cost, uh, that is now $3 million a year. Yep. Just like that. Yeah. Yep. You got to add in all this. So this idea that it's like free and it's low risk and, oh, it doesn't cost them much. It's, it's costing them millions of dollars. In most yeah. cases, it's probably costing them tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. When you factor in all the software development, engineering people support, uh, I don't consider that low risk. Yeah. Exactly. So fast, interesting one. We'll obviously talk more about that at the NEP gaming summit in April as well. Gonna have a couple sessions on the business of fast more than anything else. Uh, Mark, let's jump into some football news here. So some stats, let me find them here. So NBC Sports says they set a new Sunday night football streaming record with a full-season AMA average minute audience of 1.17 million viewers. Mm. Now keep in mind that's combined across everything, Peacock, NBC Sports, NBC Sports app, NFL Digital Properties. Sure. Uh, They say that number's up 38% from the previous AMA record of 843,000 last year. Now, again, listeners, this is not simultaneous. It's not concurrent. It's not unique viewers. It's AMA, average minute audience. That's right. Which is how most break this out. But 1.17 million. So Mm. for all the people running around talking about, my God, sports and 4K and, like, the Internet, how's it going to handle it and quality? And it's like, guys, it's 1.17 million. Yeah. Keep it in perspective. That's right. So moving on to, Mark, your favorite topic, 4K. Yes, I do like 4K. I know. I know. Uh, I like it, too, at times for the right content. But (laughs) let's add some more confusion to the market. (laughs) So Fox Sports put out a press release saying that uh, they would be capturing and producing the NFL playoffs, the wild card games, the Super Bowl, you know, all all the stuff that they're doing for the rest of the year, that yeah. they would be uh, capturing and producing it in 1080p HDR, but distributing it in 4K. Hmm. So mm, hmm, something doesn't seem quite right there. Yeah, yeah. How can you do that? So uh, I did get clarity from them. Thank you to Fox Sports PR team for reaching out uh, to my inquiry. And so here's the clarity: they will not be broadcasting or streaming it in native 4K. They're going to capture and produce it in 1080p HDR, and they're going to upscale it to 4K. Mm. Now, nowhere in the press release does it use the word upscaling. Yeah, anywhere. Which to me is just okay. I get a lot of consumers are not going to understand what upscaling, <laughs> you know, means exactly. Uh, but I, yeah. I think you you need to you think you need to do that because. Right underneath the the title, it says "4K games from Super Bowl Wild Card Weekend to Super Bowl whatever this number is." All Fox NFL PC postseason games will be produced in 4K. Mm-hmm. That's an incorrect statement. But then below, here's what they say: the entire Fox NFL postseason, including Super Bowl, will be produced in high dynamic range at 1080p mm-hmm. and broadcast in 4K. Yeah. Well, your title says produced in 4K, and then below it says produced in 1080. Sure, and doesn't it's, really it makes sense.
1: And well, and it's it, it's also very possible that you know the person doing the proofreading and you know who is responsible make sure that that copy it just didn't have doesn't have the technical. Background or knowledge yeah. you know, to question Mark. I, you're being I, too nice. I okay. <laughs> I am being nice, Dan. I'm just yeah, saying I can see they got to get why. this stuff
0: right. And here's why: the but, next sentence says this is the first time every game in the NFL playoffs and uh-huh. Super Bowl will be broadcasted four K right. by one network.
1: Okay, so, then so but, but that statement's correct. They are broadcasting it. It's the produced that is wrong. They are not producing it in four K. They are broadcasting it. There's well are it? they? Well, you Do said we consider it's, ups- it's in four K. We consider
0: it upscale. Four it's four K
1: resolution. It, you're getting a four K resolution stream, and so that is broadcast.
0: Mm, you're getting a four K. Re- yeah, but upscaling to four K doesn't increase the detail of the image. No, no, no. That that is correct. That's correct. The information. I mean, hey, it could all just be
1: black, right? And and, and but it's four K. It's you know so the resolution. No, look, I know we're, we're sort of, you know, having some fun here. Um, the point is, is it's very inconsistent. And the thing that just blows my mind about this too is, um, you know, the scalers, uh, I'll tell you the scaler inside my, um, my TVs, you know, and I have all the UHD TVs in the house inside literally every one of them. And I have from kind of, I don't know, I'd say kind of middle of the range to not like uh, the uber high end, but I've got some really nice sets, but literally all of them, the scale when I'm looking at 1080p content and if it is being upscaled, which, you know, sometimes I'm able to set that mode, sometimes not, but it is excellent. I mean, it does a fabulous job. It looks really, really, really good. And so I, I would rather have the TV set do that upscaling, you know, to, to, um, you know, to, to, to match all the pixels than yeah. to, than to have, you know, and I'm not suggesting Fox isn't also going to have a very, very good process. And, you know, they, they probably do as well, but I don't know. It's just.
0: Well, you bring up an interesting point because some older TVs can upscale or I shouldn't say they can and, they struggle yeah. to upscale.
1: Yeah, yeah, but those would be pre that'd be like literally the first year UHD TVs from like 2012 or something or 13. No, uh, no, not th- actually, not
0: that <laughs> far off. There's a list online of TVs that, that tend to have some technical issues with upscaling. Mm. And surprisingly, they weren't, you know, it's not like TVs from 10 years ago. It's even TVs from a couple, you know, four to five years ago with certain models and manufacturers. On yeah. the lower end. Of sure, course. Sure. Um, yeah. The other thing marked it, you know, again, I just, I didn't like it says, Fox playoff games and Super Bowl will be available in 4K through several Fox Sports distributors, including. And then they list cable companies like Verizon FiOS right? Mm-hmm. and Cox. And like, I'm a Verizon FiOS customer. They don't support 4K. <laughs> their
1: box yeah. doesn't support it. Like, the bo- yeah, if the support box, yeah, the box doesn't
0: support it. You ain't right. getting it. <laughs> so and again, it's just like, come on, like, why, why make yeah. this so confusing? Keep yeah. expectations right with viewers. But that is that is a deal. Press release written, weird or not, thank you, Fox. At least you cleared it up. <laughs> so that's good. Let's go into DAZN. Bunch of news out this week. Mm-hmm. So uh, we should announce first, let's do this. Today, DAZN announced it as 15 million premium, they call them paying subscribers. But now we have a number, first time ever given out by DAZN, and last time they gave it out was years ago. So 15 million subscribers. It's a lot, I think. Uh, we don't know the ARPU. They haven't given that out. Now, separately from that, two days ago, from when Dazone put out this number, Bloomberg uh, reported that based on they say financial information that was shared with them, that they saw that Dazone lost 2.3 billion in 2021 on 1.56 billion in revenue. Uh, they then say Dazone's revenue increased to 2.3 billion for all of last year. Yeah. Since Zone launched in 2016, they've lost six billion. Some people online were kind of, I think, surprised by those numbers. But obviously, Mark, that doesn't surprise you or I. No, it doesn't. Sports licensing cost is so much. Uh, The Serie A uh, licensing deal they did for three years in in Italy was over $2 billion just for that one piece of content. Yeah. So not surprising Uh, on, on them losing money. How is this any different than when? HBO Max or Disney Plus launched, and beforehand, sure. those parent companies said to Wall Street, We're going to lose billions for years. Yeah. Of course. What yeah. it takes. That's uh, what it takes. The yeah. zone also agreed to take urgent steps to improve its service in Italy following complaints from fans about glitches from some broadcasts. Uh, so they were actually called to a meeting with government ministers. Interesting how <laughs> something's happened in Europe, Yeah. countries. <laughs> Uh, hey, executives. it's soccer, Dan. It's right. well, uh, you, yeah. you can't it's, get it's, more serious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's more than the national sport; it's part of embedded into the culture. Yeah, yeah. So they agreed to offer subscribers a refund um, after problems. Uh, now, DAZN did throw sounds like they threw their CDN under the bus because I said it was something to do with uh, I don't have the wording directly in front of me, but something to do with a distribution network they were using in terms of managing you know, had a problem managing their servers or whatnot. Mm. Um, so they didn't call them out by name. I think I know who it is just really. um, I won't say who it is only because I haven't confirmed it, but I'm pretty sure I do know. So uh, they, they need to fix that. The zone has had quite a few issues over the last two years of quality. Uh, so that's that's not good. Uh, so going forward, they were going to make some changes. They also talked about opening up a basically a BOC, a broadcast operations center in Italy. To, to, to manage and monitor uh, quality yeah. of service, Mark. So, um, I, I don't know. I kind of shake my head and go, you got 15 million subscribers and you're only just now going to do that yeah. in the city where you've had the, sorry, the country where you've had the most problem. Yeah. Like what's taking so long, but, uh, it's great. We finally have a number 15 million, uh, a couple other pieces of information here. Direct TV is laying off hundreds of employees, roughly 10% of, they called it their upper ranks. Mm. Uh, Direct TV spokesperson said in a statement, quote, the entire pay TV industry is impacted by the secular decline and the increasing rates to secure and distribute programming. We're adjusting our operations costs to align with these changes and we'll continue to invest in new entertainment products and service enhancements. So let's cut that down to uh, we need to show profitability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we keep talking about and will be this entire year. <laughs> That's right. So DirecTV uh, will be interesting to you know, wonder what DirecTV's finances are after this year when they get rid of Sunday NFL ticket because they've publicly come out over the years and said that they've lost money from that Yeah, many years. So how does their balance sheet change? It must, must change drastically. So mm-hmm. uh, more layoffs there. Not too surprising. Uh, another piece of news here is beginning in 2024, the SAG Awards. And we'll stream live on Netflix globally. So I there's another piece of live, yeah. live content coming to Netflix. Again, very focused. How many people are watching the SAG Awards? Yeah. Man, yeah. I can't imagine that's going to be uh, gigantic viewership. Yeah. Um, but it's a multi-year partnership between Netflix, the Guild. So more live content coming there. But, Uh, but look, you
1: know, it's, it's also a great way to, uh, and, and I don't mean that Netflix needs to quote test, you know, their live streaming capability, but this is new. And so they've got the Chris rock special, right? Yep. Um, you know, coming up and and then this, and and we're going to be seeing more and, um, yeah. Okay. The SAG awards. I'm, I'm certainly not, I don't think I've ever even seen the SAG awards. (laughs) I know what they are, but. But um, still, you know, it's going to be streaming. There is some audience. It's a way for Netflix to to uh, flex
0: into this live live platform. So, yeah, I wonder if we'll get any statistics. I think we will in the Chris Rock. I think what we'll get is Chris Rock. Probably. I think we'll get like similar Netflix has done. Like what percentage of viewers in a certain country? I should say subscribers viewed viewed it. We're not going to get completion times. No, in the past, no. many times all you had to watch was two minutes, and Netflix considered that a viewer. Mm-hmm. So, let's see if we get any stats. Yeah. Um, I think we will over time, but I think not initially. Yeah. And then last thing, Mark, here is okay. So this is for <laughs> this is for all the stream ogs in the market, and I'm talking yeah, about right. the people who were back in this space in <laughs> back the late in the 90s. day. Like yeah. Literally the, the, the mid 90s, late 90s, man, I haven't talked about or written about 1996, 97, 99, 98, you know, in a long time. I did that history of the streaming uh, battle between Microsoft and and Real Networks, but yeah, that was kind of cool. Uh, that was that was fun to write. It took me yeah. 20 hours. I'm not. I'm not surprised. It was really well written and and frankly, I, I forgot know. half that stuff. It was. I know. <laughs> so I had to go call all people I knew back in those days. Can you send me stuff? Um, but it was it was fun to write. So here's another one. So a company called BSD Crown, an Israeli company, formerly known as Emblaze. That's right. That Emblaze, you listening that know Emblaze. Yeah. Is suing Amazon and Twitch over a patent that's pertaining to their. Uh, HTTP live delivery patent, what they refer to as 473 patent. A little history here. Emblaze sued Apple, asking for $511 million in damages pertaining to Apple's HLS. Mm -hmm. But Emblaze lost the trial in 2014 with a jury ruling that Apple didn't infringe on the patent. Now, the patent wasn't considered invalid. It was just Apple wasn't infringing. Yeah. In 2010, Microsoft was also sued. Pertaining to smooth streaming. When was the last time we used that term in the space? <laughs> exactly. Wow, so long ago. Uh, but in 2015, Emblaze dropped the suit against Microsoft completely. Now, in the case, the big thing that BSD is saying against Amazon is that Amazon knew about their patent by at least 2015 or sooner because through Amazon's own patent filings, they made reference to it. Okay, but just because you yeah. know about a patent doesn't mean that you've no. on it. Nope, not at all. So, interesting. Now, it goes further. In the suit, BSD, and I read the whole suit, the whole filing, um, they claim that their patent, quote, powered the first real-time video broadcast over the Internet using HTTP, which was the White House 1998 Easter egg roll. Now, that is not the first live event to use HTTP as a delivery mechanism. Guarantee it. There were other real-time broadcasts that did that. Now, I think, though, what they're saying is how they're defining the word real-time video broadcast. Hmm. They're defining it with different methodology than they could say they're the first ones to do it based on their methodology. Sure. Uh, They also then said, the claim says that today, this is, quote, today, the technology described in their patent, the 473 patent, powers the majority of live broadcasts. That's completely false. This idea that their technology is powering the majority of live broadcasts today? Come on. So for the old people in the room here, um, those that were in the industry in the late 90s, you remember Emblaze from the brand of Emblaze Video, Emblaze Audio. Um, those were the product names under the company at the time. It was called Geo Interactive Media Group. And they changed their name to Emblaze Systems. Then they changed it to Emblaze. Uh, some, some other legacy products. If you remember, they had a line of tools called Emblaze Creator, Emblaze Hotspot, Emblaze Web Charge, and Emblaze Email. Now, I really remember Mark Emblaze Email because back then, late nineties, people thought it was really cool if they could embed a video, really short, crappy quality video in an email. Uh, and it was mostly marketing purposes, of course. And yeah, that sure. was, <laughs> that was their Emblaze Email product yeah uh, at the time the company also built themselves they said as the world's first internet specific multimedia authoring tool and the background here on, on geo interactive it was formed in nineteen ninety four by a group of technicians from the high tech unit of the israeli army and they actually first previewed the software back in february of nineteen ninety six that's when it that's when it started and i I dug up mark some some stuff from from the 90s that I have archived. And sure enough, I found Emblaze product sheets. Yeah. Digital whatnot. I so, actually might put some of those online.
1: So, so, so very, very fun fact. Um, you know that the, uh, founder of Beamer is a part of the original co founding team of Emblaze. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting and, suit to follow.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, just, just one observation. Um, their claim about they power, you know, all of or the majority of, of, of live streams. It, it's really because they're just trying to make the case that, um, their patents fundamentally define HLS. You know, that's, that, that's, and that's where they're drawing that connection. Um, and yet they're and- not suing. Well, they well they tried they tried to sue Apple, but they lost, right? Right. And Microsoft.
0: Yeah, exactly. But there's a lot of others out there besides Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon that are doing HLS streaming.
1: Correct. But you're but but who has money?
0: (laughs) That's who you're going to go after. Like, you know, there's two sides to that though, because I mean, I I can say this to listeners without going too many details on a lot of the NDA. The NDAs have since expired, but. I've worked on a lot of cases as a patent expert. I worked on cases pertaining to burst networks. You remember those guys? Mm-hmm. Move mm-hmm. networks, Nokia patents, yeah, Real, Move. Microsoft. Yeah. I worked on the Microsoft EU case for three years. While many times, Mark, that is what people say is we'll go after the largest folks, the Amazons, the Microsofts, the Apples, because they yeah. have the most money. Here's the other thing: they have the most of the lawyers. yes that's true okay so you you want to take them on go for it but you better have deep pockets and a really good law firm and the law firm is not what's most important but it's the outside experts they retain yeah yeah and how many people are they going to be able to find to go on their side who remember this stuff from the 90s and how it was being done yeah good luck So I'm going to follow this one closely just because I find it interesting. Uh, I I hope Amazon doesn't take the approach that sometimes companies do, which is just, ah, let's just pay them off and make them go away. It's easier. I hope they don't do that. I Um, don't, I don't think
1: that is that Amazon's MO. I don't really know, but. Well,
0: here's the thing. It's not usually up to. The company executives, it's up to the lawyers who are doing the math and saying we can well, fight this is for $100 yeah. million, or we can pay yeah. them X to go away. What's yeah. the best use yeah. of our time and money? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, that's it, what it comes down to. It's a business decision. Yeah. 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 But I, I hope they do fight it. Um, One of the things, too, just in terms of the whole patent trolls, you know, blaze lawyers in 2014 that they were not patent trolls. And they referenced Mm. annual revenues running to quote hundreds of millions of dollars in 2008 however the company's revenue in 2013 was 1.9 million dollars that's it i looked at their website before i wrote the article they haven't updated their website since 2014. that's the last time they published anything so uh, uh, this, this is going to be a fun one. I'm going to keep an eye on this. I'll do some, some posts. If we get updates, these cases also just can, can go on for five, six, seven, ten years. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> this will go, go quickly. Yeah. The Microsoft one alone was five years and then they dropped it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but, uh, that, that's what we got. Uh, Mark, quick update on the NAB streaming summit, uh, call for speakers is open. I've already got tons of submissions coming in, some some really great stuff too. Um. Just a heads up to vendors. If you want to be included, you better reach out soon, uh, especially in the sponsorship side. Those are going fast. I, I'm just publicly putting it out there because I know people are going to be upset when they contact me six or eight weeks from now. <laughs> stuff will be gone. Yeah. I just, there's, there's not enough speaking slots, sponsorship slots over two days at the show. Um, so stuff is going to go quickly. So if you are interested, reach out, email me, call me. Um, I, I prefer phone calls. That way we can talk ideas. But I'm excited for the show. There's a lot of good content coming in, companies coming in, things that they want to talk about, uh, which is, which is the point of the entire thing. And that Monday night, we're going to have the cocktail reception again. So Monday, April 17th, if you're in Vegas, save the date for that. We have that outside on the, uh, on a, a really nice balcony overlooking Vegas, which is, mm-hmm. which is great. I think last year we had a little over 200 people from the industry. So follow me on LinkedIn. If you want more details, I'll be, I'll be pushing all that out soon. So Mark, with that, uh, we're out of time. We're not going to cover any Wall Street stuff this week. The market's kind of been up and down, but not too much impact. Most of the streaming vendors, most are up just a little bit. We'll cover that a little bit more next week. Next week, we have Netflix earnings, which are on a Thursday. So, uh, I'll, I'll record that, that, uh, that podcast next week. But Mark, I don't think you're joining next week's podcast, right? You're gonna Yeah, be away unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So I'm away, I'll, I'll so. cover Netflix stuff just high level, Mark, and then you and I can go yeah. through it again the week you're back. Yeah,
1: yeah, the week week after we'll definitely hit it.
0: So we we've got some earnings coming up. We got Netflix next week. Just heads up, you got Microsoft, Verizon, Comcast, and Meta. in the two weeks after that, so some more good data coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything uh, we talked about today, it's already up on LinkedIn. Go check it out. Go hit up LinkedIn. Follow Mark and I. If you got questions? Reach out. We're here. Um, you know, anything you want us to talk about on the show, news to highlight, definitely get it to us. We're interested. We always co- like covering new stuff as well. So uh, just just send us an email. So with that, we're out of time. Thanks to Agora for being a podcast sponsor. As always, Agora, dot Check them out. Now, Mark and I appreciate you listening. Uh, any questions, anytime, reach out. Talk to all of you next week. Have a great rest of your week. If you enjoyed the show, send it to a friend. Have questions for Dan or Mark? Connect with them on LinkedIn at any time. And be sure to check out Dan's blog at streamingmediablog.com.